something happened to me 30 years ago that changed my life forever that I want to share with you, if that's okay. Uh, 30 years ago, I was sitting at a church service. Uh, I'd probably only been going to church for maybe about six months. It was all pretty new to me. And uh, a guy made an announcement, just like we make announcements. And he said, hey, we're going to start a surf ministry for anyone that's interested. And I remember sitting there thinking, okay, I have no idea what surf ministry means, but I know what surf means. So it said, go talk to a guy named John. So I found John and I said, hey, I want to talk to you about this surf thing. He goes, well, it's actually designed for high school kids. So you should go talk to Phil because that's who we're wanting to reach. He leads the high school group. Go talk to him and he can get you involved in it. Oh, cool. So I go to Phil and I go, hey, Phil, I'm here to talk about the surf thing. Now he has no idea about the surf thing. But he sits there and asks me a question. So, do you feel called to work with high school kids? And I remember thinking, I don't know what you're asking me. Like, do I feel called to, like, no one's called me. No one's asked me. I don't know what you're saying, you know. Do you feel called to work with high school kids? And I, I go, well, what do you mean by that? What do you want to come work with the high school kids? Now, mind you, this surf thing never happened. I don't even think it was a thing. It was just something they threw out to sucker me into this, right? Get me hook, line, and sinker, right? Whatever. But so I was about 23 years old at the time, 22, 23, and I got involved in the high school ministry, having no idea that when I was 30 years old, I was going to ultimately be hired on as a full-time youth pastor. And I'd spend 20 years in this valley working with high school kids until about two years ago, y'all thought I was too old. And so you booted me out of the system, right? But it changed my life taken a step, a step I had no idea what it was, a step that I had no idea that I was not qualified for, I was not educated for, and I had no experience in, but I took a step and it changed my life. And I want to tell you that story because today in our life plan, if you ever think we're actually going to skip week five and we're at week six, we'll go back to week five. Next week, we'll go to week five, <clears throat> but we're in the life plan on serving and gifting. So that's why I wanted to tell you that story. Because what happened to me 30 years ago, I've seen happen to people over and over and over again throughout the years. That choosing to serve helped me identify my passions, where I was gifted, and it changed my life. Choosing to serve. I didn't feel called to youth. I didn't feel called to serve. I just took a step when I was asked. And so that's what I want us to consider today. See, there's probably many of you in here that you already are serving. You've served throughout the years or maybe you've served a long time. You just aren't now, but you know. You know how much that's changed your life. You know how much that's affected you as you were affecting others. But I also think there's probably some of you here today. Some of you here that just have never served and maybe you don't feel worthy. Maybe you feel like because of your background or your lack of experience, or maybe you feel like, man, I just don't know enough and I don't have enough education, whatever it might be, that you feel disqualified or unworthy to do that. And I guess I want to speak more to you today. I want to encourage you and I want to lift you up. And I hope that it just encourages you to maybe consider taking a step. I just want to be really upfront with you. I'm going to try to challenge you and convince you to take a step in getting involved serving somewhere. Now, again, there's probably three of type of people out there. There's the ones I talked about already that you're already serving. You're going, oh, great, he's going to make me do more. No, 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 just keep moving forward. 
There are some of you that don't have any desire to serve. You're just coming to church and that's all you wanna do and that's totally fine. Keep coming. No guilt. There's no shame. Oh, you're bringing me water. Thanks, Evan. That's the first time ever in a message I drank water in the middle of it. That's really weird. I always think it's weird when people do that. So I thought I would do it. Yeah, so... Um, and so there, that's okay. If you, if you don't feel like you're in that place, man, I hope it encourages you anyways and maybe it would just get you to thinking. But I really hope that you that are at that place I was talking about will be encouraged today. We'll see that you do have a place, whether it be here at Rancho, maybe you'd go to another church more regularly. Maybe it's gonna be in your community or globally you have bigger visions or whatever it is. Here's the main point that I want us to understand is that your life matters and you are part of advancing the cause of Christ. Your life matters and you are part of advancing the cause of Christ. Now I understand that for some of you, you just might not feel that way. But if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you are part of his body. You are a significant part of his body, even though you might feel insignificant. It's just not true. You are significant. You are part of thousands of friends advancing the cause of Christ. Not just thousands of people that came onto this campus today, but all over the valley, all over the world where people gather. We're part of a community. We're part of a body and you are part of that. And I know it might be hard for you to see that. It might be hard for you to believe that. I mean, we live in this culture, don't we? Where we compare ourselves with each other. It's almost like we're obsessed with that. We're obsessed with comparing each other. And that can make us feel insignificant. Do any of you guys ever get on Instagram and just feel insignificant by the end of that half hour? And just go, man, I don't go anywhere. I don't do anything. I don't look like that. You know, I was at a wedding the other week. I did a wedding last Sunday, actually. And the bride's brother, I follow him on Instagram. And he's this awesome guy. He works really hard, has all these things going on, but he saves up his money and he travels, man. He goes to the exotic beach locations. And I, I walked up to him and I said, I hate following you on Instagram. And he's all, why? He goes, because are you ever home? And he goes, not usually. I'm going like, I'm going to block you and I'm not going to watch you anymore, right? Because my whole life is based on being here and driving home. That's about it. You know, that's about as far as I go and to the beach every once in a while. So we do that. So, but, but I want us instead, and that could also make us here feel like, well, I'm not like that guy up on stage. I'm not like my friend over there that's so spiritual and so talented and so gifted. I'm nobody. We got to be careful of having our comparisons make us feel useless. I, I do want us to compare each other to each other, and I want us to make us feel unique. The realization that you're different than the other person next to you for a reason and that difference has a place in God's kingdom and God's family and for his purpose. And that's how we should see it. And that's how we should look at it. Romans chapter 12 verse four says this, just as each of us has one body with many members and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, we who are many form one body and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. So we're all different, but part of a body of Christ. All of us have received grace in different ways, and we're going to express it in different ways, and each and every one of us plays a significant role. And I realize there might be a lot of reasons why you feel disqualified. Maybe you struggle with stuff too much, or you're not knowledgeable or gifted, whatever these reasons are. I want you to think about it right now. So as you have your booklet, on the left side of your booklet, I hope you have it. If you don't, 
Let's pick one up next week when you get it. Go grab one when you leave. There's a couple of quotes on the left side of week chapter six, service and gifting are pretty awesome quotes I want you to read. And then in our minute and a half right now, as you think, here's the question I want you to consider. What are your reasons you feel not qualified to serve? And maybe it's not something you feel right now. Maybe it's something you felt in the past. But I really want you to sit and think about that. What's the reasons? What are maybe your fears or what makes you feel unworthy? Write that down or talk amongst, you can talk together with that as well. So just over the next minute and a half, I want you to think through that. What are your reasons? And write it down or talk to each other that that stop you from jumping in, getting involved, or that might make you not feel qualified. Just spend a minute doing that. All right, so I hope you guys discussed some things. I hope you really thought through this a little because there was a reason why I wanted you to think about it because what's holding you back is also holding you back from really experiencing your place in the body of Christ. You might not even know that yet, but it's holding you back from what really could be significant in your life. And that's why I wanted you to think about those things. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to spend a lot of our time in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So if you have a planner under verses, uh, 1 Corinthians 12 would be a great chapter to read later on today. There's a lot in it about the body of Christ and how it works. But what Paul teaches about the body of Christ and that and our role in it, I, I, there's some very powerful ideas presented. Ideas that I hope might encourage you and inspire you to kind of take a step to realize that you're more significant within the body of Christ than you might think. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4. He starts off and he says, Therefore, there are, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working. But in all of them, and this is the part I want us to get, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now, I... Do I really need to try to convince you that we're different? We all get that, right? We all have different passions and gifts and desires. We have different people that we would want to work with. Some people think it would be crazy to work with high school kids. My wife is a preschool teacher. Oh my goodness, I would be able to last maybe an hour there, you know? So we all have our different passions, different gifts, different things that we do. But, but what really stands out to me in this passage is how Paul points out something. He points out that in everyone, God is at work. The same God is at work in all of us. That that just blew my mind. It just made me want to think about that. That means that he is working in your life and wants to work in and through your life. The same God that wants to work in my life and in and through my life, it is the same God at work. And that's what he wanted the Corinthian church that was having some issues and they were, they, were, they were breaking up and they were kind of disjointed. And he wanted to bring them together and sit there and said, hey, there's not one person better than the other. The same God is at work. And that person that you are breaking up, you know, breaking away from over there, as is in you. And you might be thinking, no way, not me. Uh, man, I struggle too much. I'm this or that. Or, or maybe you're thinking, no way, it couldn't be him. That person over there, they are messed up. They are not part of the right mold, you know. There's no way you could be talking about that person as well. Look at what he goes on to say in verse 22. On the contrary. So he talked about up until this point from the verse we read to now, he starts talking about the head and the foot and the hand. 
The head can't look at the foot and say, you're insignificant. The right hand can't say to the left hand, I'm better because I'm left hand and I'm better than you are. Like he's talking about the body and how the body works. And he goes, on the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. I mean, how many of you every day think about your little toe? What about when you stub it? Oh, then you think about it all day. I can't go to work. I can't go to the gym. I hurt my toe, right? It's terrible. So, that, that, so this is what he's talking about. That the parts of the body that seem to be weak are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But this chapter should both challenge us and excite us. Those that think you have it all together and you're like the head and I'm this and I'm that, man, you should be humbled a little to realize that the foot and the little toe is just as important, you know? It's, 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 it's not dispensable, it's indispensable. And those that maybe you don't feel worthy or that you have anything to bring to the table, I hope this lifts you up that he's trying to make these people realize that every single part of the body of Christ is as valuable as the other. Because this is what he's saying is that everyone is qualified through Christ. Everyone is qualified through Christ to serve and be part of advancing his cause. Everyone. That should humble us and excite us all at the same time. Maybe it has to humble some of us that maybe think, well, it's because of my, you know, all my education or all my experience, whatever. I'm just so much, I'm just a bigger part. But at the same time, it needs to lift up and excite those that feel like you're not part of something, that you're not worthy, that you don't matter. Man, he uses his body analogy to make us realize it all matters. Because see, we are qualified and empowered to serve by grace. We are qualified and, and empowered to serve by grace. It is this unmerited favor that God gives us through the power of his spirit by empowering us, by empowering us and qualifying us as his. And not just through our moral perfections or personal achievements. Now, now, don't get me wrong, man. Our moral actions and things we do, they matter. They make a difference. I mean, if we do moral failures, it could have a huge impact in our lives and have a huge impact in the lives of those around us. How many of you have had some sort of a failure before that had an impact on you or someone around you? Anyone? Okay, one, two, couple. Yeah, ooh, you guys are, you guys are very honest in this one. Usually one person stood up and said, yeah, me, and it's just her and I, you know. But we all have, right? We understand that the decisions we make have an impact. Yes, yeah, so we got to know that. At the same time, we have to understand that our personal achievements can matter and they can have an impact on how we might advance the cause of Christ. No doubt about that either. I'm not saying either of those are important. They are. As a matter of fact, this whole year, we had Johnny and Friends, which was last week. It's amazing. And if you remember, we had the, uh, um, the Thrive event where we had the, the big prom night for families with special needs uh, here, and that was all put on. That whole thing is a Tim Tebow thing. I mean, Tim Tebow is a dude that has taken his fame and he has used it to reach people in some amazing ways. It doesn't matter what you think of him as a football player, especially a baseball player, you know, but whatever. The guy is making an impact, and I think that's beautiful. But at the same time, we need to understand, I think he would say this too, that it's the foundation is that Jesus is the one that ultimately qualifies us. 
not our moral endeavors or our achievements. It's Jesus that qualifies us. And it's his love and grace towards us that we're advancing. So here's what I want us to realize. Or look at, look at 1 Peter 4 before we go there. 1 Peter 4 says this. Each one of you should use whatever gift he has received to serve others faithfully administering God's grace in his various forms. Each and every one of us has received God's grace in different forms because we all have different backgrounds and things we struggle with. Coming to the understanding that we're loved by God freely has impacted each and every one of us that are followers of Jesus and it's impacted us in different ways. Because how we get there and the journey that we're on makes a difference. And so we are to take those gifts, those things that we're, we're to serve others, administering God's grace in its various forms because God's grace to you is unique. How he's ministered to you and brought you out of where you were and helped you to know you were loved by God through Christ is unique to you. And what you can bring to others is unique. And that's what Peter's wanting us to understand. So the weaker the less honorable, the unpresentable should not feel like you need to be put onto the shelf until you get your act together. Because it's by the grace of God that we all stand, including those that feel unworthy. And it's that grace that we're advancing. Look how Paul continues. But God has combined the members of the body and it's been given greater honor to the parts that lack it. So that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. Equal concern for each other. No divisions. As a matter of fact, giving greater honor to the one that lacks it is what we need to be focusing on. That's how we need to be serving each other more. If you feel, if, if you feel least worthy, you ought to be under experiencing, at least when you come here, that you are as much part of the body and as significant in the body of Christ as, let's say, uh, the pastor, right? The pastor. I, I mean, I'm not the one. I'm not the one that needs to get the greater honor. You know, the, who we, we need to look for those that feel unworthy and feel not accepted and feel not. Those are the ones that we need to be making sure they feel honored in the kingdom of God. Amen. That's what we should be about. Yeah, amen. I agree. And, and, and we, that's how we should do it. You know, I tell people this all the time. Like, I, I don't hate you, but I hate when people call me pastor. We are. Some of you have done that, right? Hey, pastor, it's just Steve. It's just Steve. You know, and really it's a part of me. I don't want, I don't feel any different than you. As a matter of fact, if any of you know me, you know how undifferent I am, don't you? It's like, it was disappointing to get to know me, wasn't it? It's like, you thought like, whoa, Steve's at my house. Then you're like, oh, Steve's at my house, you know, big deal, you know? And, I, and I, that's the way it should be. There's, there's, there's nothing different in me. The same God's working in me that's working in you. We're, we're just people just on this journey together. I mean, I remember, um, I, I once, you remember the Ollie House, the skateboard park in town? And you remember the Ollie House? So I used to skateboard there a couple times a week. And there was this one guy, I think he was up from Corona, and he would come. And we just connected. 
And this guy was a tough cookie, man. He was married, had a kid, and he would talk to me about things he was a part of, and he's just, his language was different than my language, and we just got to be friends. And for a couple months, two, three months, we skated once a week together, and he was just himself. And someone shows up at the Ollie house and goes like, hey, Pastor Steve, and I'm not kidding you. The guy just looked at me and goes, you're a pastor? And then he goes, I'm so sorry if I cussed. And you know what? It never was the same again. Never was the same again. So if you guys see me at the grocery store, just say, hi, Steve. <laughs> People will go like, pastor. And I'm like, oh, uh-oh. Uh, you know, I don't know. I understand. I appreciate it. But it's just weird for me, you know. Just come and say, hi, Steve. And let's say hi. And everyone looks like, Ooh, let's go away from this guy, you know. And, you know. And so... It's the same thing. Look at Ephesians 2, 8. I love it. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It's the gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Which God prepared in advance for us to do. I'm no more saved than anyone else here. Because we're all saved by grace, right? right? We're all saved by grace through faith. And what I love about this is I'm no more of a workmanship than you are. Matter of fact, it's we are his workmanship and we are created in Christ Jesus to do good works that we have, that he's prepared for us to walk in. It's us. It's not just me. It's you. And you that feel like you're insignificant, you are so not insignificant. Your life matters. And it matters to those around you, and it matters here at this church. So if anyone feels that your life doesn't matter, you're believing a lie. You're believing a lie. Because everyone that has been touched by the grace of God is gifted with the purpose to serve others. Everyone. And if you've been touched by the grace of God, then you are gifted through the Spirit of God to serve others and to touch others. That's how the kingdom of God works. But just like me 30 years ago, I didn't understand that until I took a step, right? And it was a scary step, and it was a real step, and I was taking a step, getting involved, and you might need to take that step too, just to take a step. I'm gonna risk it, I'm gonna get involved, I'm gonna move. And it might just be what you need to discover that your life has a purpose. And through it, just like happened to me, you might figure out what your passions are, that you are gifted in ways that you didn't know that you were gifted in. And that you'll see your significance. That's what you need to do. That's what happened to me 30 years ago, and I believe it could happen to you. But it will take, for some of us, it's gonna take a risk, right? Taking a step. Taking a step. And it just might change your life as, as you start seeing that your life actually can make a difference in others. So how might you do that? What area might you step into, right? We're gonna, on your bucket list on your folder, we have that bucket list area. Okay, we're gonna have another time of thinking as we kind of close out together. I want you to think through, okay, what would be an area you might risk it and take a step in? Or you need to talk about it with your spouse or your parents or your kids, right, with you. Like, hmm, kids, what should we do? Let's do something together. Let's take a step here. Let's write a bucket list. Let's talk about it. Let's make a difference. Put something down here. I really want you to think through it. I want you to pray. I want you to really consider where you might be used. I'll give you some ideas. 
Okay, Rancho has a bunch of places, right? First impressions team, every Sunday morning, they're setting up the welcome tents, they're greeting people, they're driving the trolleys out there, they're parking people, helping people get in and out. Oh my goodness, we have huge needs. That might be the perfect place for you to say, I'm gonna take a step and go into the first impressions, ushers and all those kind of people. Children's ministry, so many areas, from nursery volunteers, first, and th- first through fifth grade on Sunday mornings. There's our Thrive ministry for kids with special needs. If you were touched by the videos, we have a Thrive ministry that allows parents to come in here uh, and, they can, and they can have their kids be in a Sunday school class. It's awesome. So, so many ways. Even on Wednesday nights, we have things throughout the year. Youth ministry. Oh, I dare you. Take, you know, take a step into the wild side with middle schoolers or or, or high schoolers, uh, or college age, right? We got those, they meet every week at different places. They would love to have some people volunteering and being part of that. Community Mission of Hope, you get to hear about that. Our rescue mission that helps needy families in the valley. They're always packing food at their warehouse and collecting stuff. They're also training up caseworkers, people that wanna walk with families and really journey alongside them. Those things are all opportunities. The farm, we talk about the farm a lot, I, about 15 of us men and their wives went uh, last week and we worked the farm on Thursday the week before. It was awesome where we're harvesting fresh vegetables that are going to needy families around the whole valley and the whole county. And you know what? And that might be a great way. It's on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. They need help. Take the whole family. It's awesome. Love my churches. But we do it every couple months where we come and clean up the whole uh, campus and work on the campus and help out with facility people. Pay attention when that comes and bring your families for that. Overhaulers is an awesome ministry run by a guy named Paul. Anyone that might be a handy man or a handy woman and knows how to do household things, we have families that call us up that maybe maybe they're older, they can't do things around the house and we go fix things. So it is kind of, they're doing plumbing things and electric things and helping out. Maybe you have some skills in that area. Celebrate Recovery is a place of, for those that are hurting with habits and hurts and hangups. If you've had situations or experience with recovery and you want to become part of something like that, they're always looking. And here it is, one o'clock today. If you're not doing anything, we are tearing the old grubby carpet out of the central building. And if you want to come and help, go put on your grubbies and let's tear the carpet out. Okay, no kiddos, because we don't want to wrap them up in the carpet and throw them away. We don't have to boot them out of the side. So we're looking at people like over 18. If you want to come help us, we are tearing that whole place out. And this week, we're going to be putting in new flooring. So we do need some skilled labor. If I'm doing it, it's going to look really funky in there. So, you know, those are all opportunities. So let's just spend some time. What other, maybe there's another area of service that you can think of. Spend some time, take the risk. You are plenty qualified because Christ declares you that. And the grace he has given to you, he wants to use you to show to other people. So spend a minute and a half, write in those books, figure out a way, take a risk, write it down, talk about it, and then we'll close up together. I just want to let you know, there's two ways that you can take this step. So if you wrote something down and talked about it and said, let's, let's, risk, let's risk this. Number one, JT will be at the back of the welcome table and you can go back there and talk to him, tell him I want to get involved. He can lead you to the right leader and get you connected, okay? So go on back to the welcome center. Hey, he has a little baby. He's not sleeping anyway, so he would love to get people back there to keep them awake, okay? After that, remember when you guys always have the guest uh, phone number that you could... Uh, um, 
text over to? Well, we got it worked out that if you want to text connect to that same number, 951-379-3795, if you text connect to that number, a little form comes back like a welcome card. You can then just click volunteer. Hit the volunteer box, put all your information in. Someone will get back to you probably this week and we'll say, okay, what area were you thinking? And then we'll get you connected with that leader, okay? So you can go back to JT or you can just write that number down and, and go ahead and uh, text connect. Now, as we close, uh, I want to just end with a thought that, we, uh, that I want us to realize and consider. I just want you to understand that your life doesn't just matter with what happens here at church, but probably even more importantly is the reality that your life matters outside of these walls when you leave here, when you're not serving here. You see, advancing the cause of Christ is not just about serving at church. It's about loving everyone everywhere. And that's the real thing. So what I learned here, we are able to take out there. What I learned by serving really folded over. The Bible talks about helping the poor, working for freedom for the prisoner and oppressed, loving the least, the last, and the lost. It's about serving and loving your spouse, your children, your parents. It's about your friends and your neighbors, your coworkers, those you go to school with. It's about strangers and foreigners and people that we feel different with or about and, and even our own enemies the Bible talks about. I love in Galatians chapter five, it says, you, my brothers, were called to be free, but don't use your freedom to indulge in sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Next week, we're gonna expand on that as we talk about a life plan of thoughtfulness. I hope you'll come back and join us as we'll just continue this journey together of this life plan. Let's pray. Father, thank you for just 30 years ago when I, I just randomly heard the call to become part of a surf thing and how that changed my life forever. And I just pray that there'd be people here that maybe have never taken that step to get involved, whether it be just on Sunday mornings with the welcome teams and out in the parking lot or whether it be with children or youth or, or just different areas that they can serve with the, with the community mission of hope, with the farm. I just pray that, that people that might be here that seem insignificant would realize in your kingdom, they're not. In your kingdom, they are as significant as anyone else. In your kingdom, the grace that you have shown them, you want to use them to express that grace to others. May we all just feel the beauty of this family, the beauty of this community, the beauty of this body that we're a part of. And for those that are a little nervous but they're ready to make that step, just give them the strength to make the step to get involved and just can't wait to see how much it impacts their life as they are impacting others. May your kingdom come, Lord, your will be done in and through our lives as being done in heaven for your glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>